Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah, and joining us on the show is Stavros from Fit Studio in LaSalle, Montreal. Welcome to the show, Stavros. How are you today? Thank you. I'm doing great. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you on. Um, but before we dive into the business and how you run it, first, tell us a little bit about what made you want to start the gym in the first place. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I started uh, working at a big box gym when I first, first uh, got into it. Um, the, the, the real honest truth is I used to train at all the gyms in this area, and I just found them really packed, uh, uninviting. I, um, I ev- in- eventually found a gym that I fell in love with because it was empty. There was no one there. And uh, as that gym got busier, since I invited all my friends to come to it, um, the, uh, the management started changing and then they started, you know, wanting to grow and expand. And um, I, I really just didn't like where it was going. So I decided to start my own uh, venture into the uh, private studio industry. That's awesome. Yeah, that's very like entrepreneurial spirit of you to be a consumer and then be like, I can do this better. I can do it my way Um, and go out and start your own. So I think that's awesome. Um, So give us like a rundown of Fit Studio. How do you describe it to someone who's never been in before, the services that you offer, all that good stuff? So Fit Studio is a really inviting um, environment for people who don't know what to do if they go to the gym. So if you find yourself like being one of those people who get a membership at a gym and then are completely lost, you should probably start by seeing one of us. Um, We'll show you exactly what to do. We're not the type of studio that forces people to have memberships. We go on like a pay as you go. So you could come in, learn what you need to learn and go ahead and do it at the gym if you want to. Or there there is a margin of the population who just doesn't want to be in those large environments, who just want to work privately. They want to have that consistent encouragement and they want to be um, followed, followed weekly, make sure that they reach those goals, that they don't cheat, that they uh, have someone to speak to if something's not going their way, or if they just don't understand uh, the, the principle that they're supposed to be following when it comes to training. Definitely. I think in like a big box kind of gym, that's really what's missing is that accountability piece, feeling seen. Um, so I love that you offer that. Um, how big is your space? Tell us about uh, this. About, we started off with a thousand square feet. And uh, recently through COVID, we had the time to expand while everything was closed. Uh, and we've expanded to 4,000 square feet. That's awesome. Tell me about how COVID went for you. How were you able to make it out the other side and not only that, but also expand during a pandemic? Yeah, yeah so COVID was a, a little touchy depending on where you were yeah. in the world. Um, so where we are from, uh, everything was pretty much locked down, solid. And uh, they basically told you, you can't operate. So, and there wasn't much help in terms of like, rental subsidies or whatever. So you really had to just like, you know, either use savings or try to keep your, your, you know, your, your baby or your industry alive. And um, for other gym owners out there, I I feel for them because you know what we, if you're starting an endeavor and you're starting a gym, um, you treat it like a child, like you treat it like it needs nurturing, it needs support and you'll do whatever you have to, to keep it uh, alive. Uh, Luckily where we are, um, we had a three month closure and then they allowed private one-on-one services to reopen. So like massage therapy, physiotherapy and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So we were able to open uh, up and keep afloat uh, during the pandemic, even though people were afraid again of, you know, the 
the COVID and, you know, of what can happen if they catch it. So there was a, a lot less um, information back then. Definitely. That was for sure a scary time. But I think one of the positives to come out of it is now on the other side, people are more conscious of their health and they're, you know, keeping themselves healthy. So I think fitness is even more on the forefront of their minds now. Um, tell me about like your membership base. How many members do you have at the gym or how does that work? Uh, we got about, uh, I'd say 50 or 60 members um, with different trainers. Um, they, they each come about once to three times a week, depending on what their plan is or what their idea of what they need is. And it's uh, on and off. So sometimes they'll take some time off in the summer or during the Christmas vacation. It's really flexible. So long as they fit back into the schedule, it's good, you know? Yeah, definitely. You as the business owner, how many hours a week or clients are you training yourself? Uh, I probably do at least uh, 50 hours a week. Um, that's not including, you know, the extracurricular business stuff that you got to do, like the paperwork and the, you know, the fun stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. That's most of the day or sometimes it's like half the stuff you're doing is nothing to do with training people once you really get into the business side of it. So yeah, yeah I totally agree on that. How many um, other trainers do you have? Uh, we're about three now. Um, so we are looking to grow. We're looking for like-minded people and uh, we're looking, we're trying to actively search for the right fit. Um, there's different trainers, there are different mentalities out there. So we want to make sure all the trainers follow the same mentality. So we can easily, I don't know, if I go on a three-month hiatus, shift our clients to the next trainer. Right. Yeah, right. tell me more about Yeah. Tell me more about your goals. So you want a few more trainers in there. Um, what about like clients, growth-wise? Where would you like uh, to see? Growth-wise, yeah. We, we'd like to see more clients come in. We'd like to see our group classes um, expand to every day, offering something different. We do a bands class on Monday. We do a boot camp on Wednesdays. Uh, we were doing yoga. Like we're trying to expand it to different avenues of health. Uh, stretching is a huge avenue, stretching, flexibility. So I believe that all the concepts work well together. It's not just about building muscle. So you need to build flexibility. You need to have a good cardiovascular uh, ability also. So um, we believe in the whole balance system. Yeah, I totally agree there. Um, what have you done so far to bring members in um, as far as like marketing goes? What do you do for that? So we've tried online ads. We've tried it through Google. Uh, the best, honestly... Um, is a reference, a reference from a member to another member. For us, that's kind of like the, the golden ticket. So when one client goes and says, oh, I go to this really nice studio, my trainer takes care of me, I've lost so much weight, and I look great, I feel great. Um, it's like an auto sell. Right. Um, okay, tell me about the ad side of that. How did the Google ads go for you? The Google ads, um, they, they work to a certain point to get people calling uh, but I, I, I suppose they're calling other places as well and looking for what fits into their budget. Um, and I guess when you don't have a, a straight up invitation, it makes the connection a little more uh, difficult. You know, it, it's, yeah. it's basically you're, you're like a salesman on the phone. Yeah, definitely. I feel like that's um, the business side of, of owning a gym it can sometimes be hard. It's like, I'm not a salesperson. I'm a gym person. Um, I'm not a marketing person. I'm, I'm all about health and making you feel good. So if, yeah. if that's what, you know, how can I show you? Come in and I'll show you, you know, I'll show you what we could do. So how, how does that go? So let's say like I see your ad and I call, um, what's the next step? So we book an appointment. We do our first assessment. It's a full body evaluation of where you currently stand. Uh, we do your BMI, uh, your, your index. So we check your body fat percentage. Uh, we check your weight. We check where you should be. 
and um, we um, we basically uh, get a starting point and we talk about nutrition we talk about what you do um, as a lifestyle as, as a as a work you know all these factors they count okay yeah definitely that's cool that you you take a big picture look at the person that comes in and, and give them a tailored reading. I think that's super cool um, and unique. Um, tell me about then referrals. So I've heard that it can kind of be like unpredictable or like a slower trickle um, when you're relying on other people to get the word out. Is that something that you found um, to be true with referrals versus advertising? Uh, no, I find referrals are, are really, it's, it's the golden grab for a clientele. They, they want to come see the space. They'll come with a friend and I, I think 90% of the time they'll sign up and they'll say, you know what, I want to be there. How many referrals do you get in per month? Um, maybe a couple, maybe two or three referrals, but that can amount to maybe six or seven hours of labor. So it depends kind of like to which trainer it goes to. It depends on like everyone's schedule and flexibility. So we try to stay open from, I guess, 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. to facilitate uh, people's schedules with uh, with their lifestyle, their work, their kids, and and everything. Gotcha. Okay. So then, what's your plan going forward as far as growth goes? To get a few more trainers in there, to get a few more members. What's something like different you want to try to to get more people? In there? I, I really try to invest my time in growing um, the trainers that I currently have, their mindset, and growing their clientele. So helping them uh, through maybe a couple of issues they may be experiencing with the, their current clients. To help them succeed so once their clients start succeeding their friends and their family members they start seeing that and uh, then they want to feel the same way uh, i think that's you know focusing inward and into your gym uh, versus outward is very important to me yeah i think that's really important make sure everybody feels seen um, and not just a number like it can can feel in like a big box gym sometimes yeah um, Okay, so that's how you get people in. So what about once you have a client, how do you keep people long-term, make sure they're, they're sticking around for the long run? So long-term, the approach that I took that I find works really well is um, creating a, uh, a price point that makes sense. So a lot of private trainers, a lot of private industries, they, they really charge high amounts um, for their, their services. So either they'll do packages per month. I've heard, I've heard them all. So they'll either do packages per month for $1,500 where you get like 10 sessions and an eval and I'll, I'll message you if there's any issues or you, you can go by appointment. And, and I, I find that will make sense more long-term because people aren't just throwing money out upfront. The upfront payment really hurts. It hurts people. Their, their pockets feel kind of empty or their visas are full. Um, I take a personal approach to it. I ask them what they want from this experience. I recommend a couple of days and my price point is not comparable to other places. So they keep coming back. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, what's the competition like in your area? Are there a lot of other PT studios or are you kind of one of oh, the yeah. Like oh yeah. Just, um, just in my area, there must be about six or seven large gyms uh there must be hundreds of trainers in the area uh there, there's there's enough competition yeah for sure <laughs> sounds like it um do you use social media at all to get get the word out about your yeah uh, we do some uh some instagram and some facebook we have a good following uh we've got about like 1200 members so we're growing that too and uh i, I think it is it is 
showing uh, a growth. It just we, you have to be patient with it as a gym owner. You have to take it as it comes, and you have to focus on uh, your task at hand, which is your current clients, and making sure that they're happy. Yeah, definitely. Um, as far as like the social media goes, have you put money into that side of advertising, or do you strictly use um, social media organically? We uh, we did it organically for the most part. We we dabbled in like Google ads a little bit, but we haven't seen a big growth from that. So um, the organic side, I think, is better. People kind of like want to look at what your studio is doing and kind of like live through you. So they'll follow your stories and they'll kind of be encouraged to do their uh, their own workouts at home, or maybe they'll give you a call and say, "Hey, can you help me out?" Yeah, definitely. I think that's important to get the word out there make sure people in their homes are seeing you. I mean, they're seeing the other gym. So it's important to, you know, see yours as well. So social media can definitely be a great tool for that. Um, as far as like long-term picture, where do you see the gym in like three to five years from now? And you as a business owner, what are your goals? Um, so hard to tell. Uh, <laughs> I, I like to say, you know, no owner likes to be kind of like, you know, everything you buy, all the supplies you have in your gym, all the machines, they, they come with the cost, right? So I think all owners of any business just want to see that their business is doing well and that they're uh, producing positive cash flow. And I think that's important, but you do have to invest and reinvest. And I've been investing for the better part of 10 years um, and I'll invest everything into it. Like I said, you have to nurture the growth of your gym like you would nurture the growth of your child. You have to keep pushing uh, for, you know, bettering it and uh i think in three to five years i see myself uh um a little more flexible at revenue uh paying the trainers a little more for their work um and just overall just uh, better growth better revenues and happier employees really yeah totally i think that's a not great that they're not happy not that they're not happy it's just saying right. everyone yeah. likes a little bit more money so yeah. everyone's happier no, I totally agree. I'm definitely someone who's like, I'm never like fully satisfied. Like everything could always be better. So I, exactly. I totally agree with you there. Exactly. Um, what would you say is like the biggest bottleneck um, that you face in the business, keeping it from, from getting to that point? Um, I think making sure that all the people on your team have the same mindset mm -hmm. and the same overall goals. Um, I think like even for you as a business owner, you'll, you'll, you'll realize that the way you feel about your business is not exactly the same way your employees feel about the business Absolutely. and making them understand that the growth actually benefits everyone on the team from the person upstairs who's working in the food counter to the person who's training next to you. Like it just helps everyone grow. So when you do a good job, it brings in people who may take that trainer's time, who might bring you another client, who knows, just, um, I think it's just keeping the team in the right mindset, which is hard because you have a lot of different characters you have to deal with. Absolutely. And it's, no one's ever going to love it as much as you do. Like they didn't put everything into it as much as you did. So I totally feel that as a business owner as well, like getting employees to buy into the fact that, you know, it is everything. Yeah. We're all going to help each other with, with this growth. So I totally agree. Um, what would be something that you wish you would have known before you started the gym? Like a big piece of advice to someone who wants to own their own gym someday. Uh, well, look, I, I, I picked this job out of passion. I love doing it. So it was not really about the money. I know it's going to sound cliche, but it's not. It was, it was more about working with people. I love talking to people. I love helping, helping them reach their goals. It doesn't matter what their age is. Doesn't doesn't matter what their fitness level is. Like I'm all in, you know, if they come in, they say, oh, I want to, be as good as I can at lacrosse or hockey or soccer. Like I'll do the work. I'll, I'll find the, the right movements that they need to focus on. 
um, to, to help them improve. I, I, I don't know exactly what to tell you on that question. It's, it's a tough one. Um, I, I, uh, anything that you would tell yourself years ago before you opened, like if you could go back and tell yourself something, just never give up, you know, keep going no matter what, you know, just keep grinding through. Eventually it'll get to where you want it to be. As long as you put, and as long as you invest your time into it, uh, it'll, it'll grow. Definitely. Totally agree. Um, I know you're passionate about training um, and helping people. You mentioned to me that you train quite a few clients a week. Is that something that you're looking to keep doing in the future? Or would you like, as the business grows, to take more of like a backseat on the training side and focus more on the business side? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I like what I do. Yeah. Uh, I want people to, um, to appreciate it as well. I want them to do the hours they want to do. So, you know, as long as they're, it doesn't affect their family time. Um, I'm, I'm a very big family person. So we do close the, the studio during Christmas. We'll close it during like a couple of weeks in the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the trainers could still use it if they want to, but as a whole, like if they want to take it off, they can. Um, I think, um, in, in general, I, I, I think that's about it. <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that that you enjoy training. It's like your passion and, and not something you want to step away from. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I don't see myself stopping. It just, it doesn't make sense to me. It makes me feel good. It makes others feel good. I, uh, I, I hate doing the paperwork. I hate doing the backend stuff. If someone could do the management, I'll do the training. It's good, you know? I love it. Is that something you'd like to move into sometime is having like a studio manager to kind of take over those administration roles? So in, in our studio, the way we're set up, it's not necessary because you manage your own clients, really. So each trainer manages their own clients. Um, so the, it, it's almost like it, it works on its own. They just walk in, they train their client, and they walk out. They all have keys to the place. Um, it, there's no need for a manager, really. Everyone has tasks, and that's how the studio stays um, in, in perfect condition. Gotcha. That kind of leads me to how do you manage your time? How do you keep track of the clients you have coming in, the trainers you have at the studio, the back-end things you have to do that day? How do you stay organized? So I work six on seven. So I train people Monday to Saturday. And Sunday I work on scheduling. So again, if it's not something you're passionate about, you're not going to invest seven days a week into it. So when you're, when you're an owner of a gym, you work every day. When you're an owner of any business, you work every day. Supplies are missing. You're going to get them. No one's going to do it for you. Um, it, it's tough. But again, if it's part of what you love doing, then it does not bother me one bit to go and do it on my Sunday. Yes, love that. Okay, before we, before we wrap up the episode, tell me your favorite and least favorite thing about owning a gym. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow, that's a tough. That's a tough question. All right, so favorite thing is the flexibility to do what you want when you want in your own studio in your gym. So I could come in, I could do a late workout, I could do an early one, I could train with a client if I want to. You know, if they're if they want to do a good workout together. Um, I think the negatives is it, it definitely does pull you away a little bit from your family. Um, that is very very hard um, when it comes to, you know, dinner time or supper time, someone asks you a question you need to answer, or there's a scheduling conflict, or I don't know, let's say, uh, let's say uh, an employee calls you and says, hey, something broke, I need you to rush here and fix it. I think that's the worst part. It's the unpredictable emergencies that take you away from your family that are difficult. 
Yes, I totally agree there. <laughs> that goes back to kind of wearing all the hats when you're a business owner. It's like you are everything. Sometimes yeah. you're the janitor, the mechanic, the... You have everything. no choice. You yeah. Know. yeah you know, they sure. tell me, oh, who are you going to call to fix that machine? I'm like, I'm going to fix that machine. Can't call <laughs> that guy. Guy's going to charge me through the teeth. I'm going to pay like $500. I'm just going to open it. I'm going to fix it. Just look it up on YouTube. It'll be fine. Yeah, that's it. That's what everybody should do. Yeah, exactly. Totally agree about being resourceful. That's right. Um, well, Stavros, tell us where can we find you? What's your Instagram and Facebook? What's your website? So my Instagram is up at Studio LaSalle. Um, you could also find that on Facebook as well. Um, all you got to do is DM us or there are contact infos there as well. You could call us and it'll be a pleasure to uh, speak with you, talk to you, help you reach your goals. Yes. Awesome. Thank you, everyone. Check out Fit Studio LaSalle on socials. Thank you so much, Stavros, for coming on the show today. I super appreciate you taking time to contribute to the show. Um, and to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description and we'll be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Mark from CrossFit Resplendent in Newton Ards, Northern Ireland. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm very well. Yourself? I'm good. I'm really excited to have you here and to talk CrossFit gym business today. That's my favorite kind of gym. Um, so before we kind of dive into the business side, which is what our listeners are here to, you know, listen to, give us some background, Mark. You know, what was it that led to you going and opening up this gym back in 2013? Yeah, um, at the time I was I was working overseas doing private security stuff in the Middle East. I'd I'd previously been in the military. I'd left the military. And then just ventured into doing private security, which uh, obviously quite a lot of us did. And then a friend of mine had, had started doing CrossFit over there with uh, CrossFit Poseidon, which was a US Navy detachment there. Um, they had started about, about three years after that. He then left and then started up his own gym back in England, CrossFit Teesside. Um, and then got bored of normal gym stuff, uh, as you do. Um, and then just kind of drifted into CrossFit that way. Watched his videos. Uh, I followed him on, uh, yeah, yeah, and then followed his website. And then kind of made a decision that I wanted to learn a bit more about CrossFit. But at the time, all my deployment dates didn't match up with on-ramps, but I just ended up doing me level one in uh, in Manchester. Mm -hmm. Back in what would have been now autumn time, 2012. Okay. Did that. Passed the, uh, passed the course, thankfully, and then did some bits and pieces with the wife in the garage, obviously training-wise, and a couple of neighbours there kind of jumped in, and in between deployments, did a bit of one-on-one -on -one and personal training stuff at home. 
and then kind of made the decision that I was enjoying the the personal training CrossFit side more than the security side and, uh, and then took the plunge then. So we then affiliated, um, applied for the affiliation, finally got that approved um, and then opened up. We affiliated it in January, but we didn't open up the facility till March okay. 2013. And that was then, I guess that's how it started. Well, that's the origin story. This is how this all started. And now you've been doing this now for almost 10 years. You're a yeah. month away from hitting your 10 year, you know, tenure here. So congratulations. That's a huge accomplishment to, to begin with. Now, kind of give us your best elevator pitch of CrossFit Resplendent, who you guys are, what services that you provide. You know, most CrossFit facilities are, are you know, offering that traditional CrossFit group yeah. class but kind of let us know about the different services that you provide so that our listener fully understands your business model here. Yeah, yeah. So apart from obviously the, the normal mainstream CrossFit classes, we've got a, a strength and conditioning coach with us. Uh, he, he, uh, that's, uh, that's more primarily Olympic weightlifting, which is his background. Um, James has been doing that for about 10 to 15 years now. Okay. Uh, uh, I do some personal one-on-one stuff. Another coach, Carl, does that as well as uh, boot camps and some other bits and pieces. Um, and then I had, uh, I've done my weightlifting training course through CrossFit. About 2015, I think I did that. Aerobic capacity course with Chris Hinshaw. Gymnastics course with Coach Birdie. So between the three of us, we've got quite a lot of experience in various different uh, in fitness fields. But primarily, I would say most of the timetables taken up with the actual uh, CrossFit classes, uh, which yep. we have uh, six a day. Okay. Uh, the first one means uh, 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 the first one would start at, at six a.m. Gotcha. So the bread and butter, kind of, that's what we call it, is the CrossFit class. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Big part of what you guys have to offer, which is pretty typical of a CrossFit facility. But it sounds like you know you do have some personal training on top of that. Now, if you kind of had to look at the revenue of the business, what percent of your revenue would you say comes from that small um, side? Yeah, I'd probably say less than 30%. Okay. That's still that's them. still a pretty yeah. big percentage there coming yeah. from personal training from it being, you know, like a small area of your business. Are you guys in the position where you would like to grow in terms of personal training, semi-privates, things like that? Um, I think the only issue would would have would be time. If I'm honest, um, I would be full-time coach there, CrossFit coach. Anyway, James would cover as well as his strength and conditioning clients, um, as would Carl. But I know Carl with his boot camps and covering another bits and pieces. He's quite busy. I'm quite busy myself. So a lot of the one-on-one stuff would be a fast track on-ramp, mm-hmm. uh, other smaller group settings, and then Carl would normally do like like a boot camp, which would be six sessions, a more in-depth on-ramp. Mm-hmm. And then every now and again, we'll have a, 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 specific, a, a specific client would then ask us for uh, obviously something specific. Like if they wanted some help with gymnastics, we would take them through some one on one stuff doing gymnastics. If they wanted a bit of advice on nutrition, we'd take them through that. So, okay. uh, 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 and then other bits and pieces that way. Gotcha. So your your one on one looks like you know that that kind of like on ramp. A lot of those one on one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ramp program. Gotcha. Now, um, you know, if you kind of had to look at your typical client, 
you know, would you say that you have a wide range of people coming in and utilizing your services, your classes, or would you say that there's kind of a specific demographic that you market toward? Um, I would say, uh, looking over the years, I think it's more so uh, with me being head coach in my age, we've kind of uh, recruited uh, and then we trained a lot of older clients i.e. 30 plus and I think that's just obviously me being a little bit older we've had a few younger coaches in the past um, and we've had some younger clients but I would say the majority of the clients we've got now would be would be 30 plus that said we have got ones in the 20s and a mm-hmm. couple of late teens um, but because we're doing adult classes we've always kind of says we wouldn't take any clients on that would be under under 16 mm-hmm. um, uh, we just keep things simple um, and that way, so uh, I would say the majority would be over 30 plus. Okay, so that's pretty normal. I think like our average client at our facility is like female. I don't know why, but we have a very heavy female population yeah. in our facility over age like 36 is like what yeah, we yeah. see really, really commonly. Um, now, would you say that most of the people that are coming in are generally like, people that are looking to um, like get really good at CrossFit or do you have like normal everyday people looking to do this as a way to look better, feel better, things like that? Um, I think the majority would have joined just to improve the uh, the fitness and health. Now, uh, I mean, what I've always said would be more of a a community CrossFit gym rather than a competitive CrossFit gym. Um, So it would be the normal, one of the like normal people coming into the train. That said, we've had a number of members that's been with us now for like five years plus. They're being quite consistent in the training, so they're getting quite fit. So then they would they would then compete at at local and national level comps. So whilst we haven't got anybody that will be pushing the games anytime soon, certainly there would be ones that will be a bit more competitive. But we generally we've always kind of run it as more of a community side gym where people can come in of any levels. And use it to get fitter and healthier. And then if they end up because they've been doing it for a number of years to get to that level where they want to compete, then by all means will will support it, but we haven't really pushed it through that way. Yeah. I I think that that sounds, you know, so so spot on for CrossFit. Like, yes, we do have people, you know, most people are joining because they do want to improve in their health and, and wellness. But what's really cool about CrossFit is no matter who you are, you can benefit from it and you can do it because this is infinitely scalable. Yeah. Um, and that's what I love. You know, I can I can welcome somebody into my facility who has never worked out a day in their life other than like a phys ed class growing up yes. in, in school. Or I can work with somebody who has been doing this for 10 years and, you know, is an RX athlete. You know, that's what's yeah. really, really awesome about CrossFit. Now, let's kind of talk about the members here. If you had to look at your, you know, class memberships, um, how many members do you guys have right now? Uh, we'll go, we've got about 85. 85? Yeah. And is um, that a position where you're feeling pretty confident, pretty comfortable, or are you guys looking to grow increased memberships? Ideally, because of the size of the, the, uh, the size of the facility, we'd always kind of said we wouldn't want it. Uh, we kind of cap the classes on a fish that 10 to 15. Now we haven't had any of the classes that would have been oversubscribed. Um, Post COVID, pre pre COVID, we had a wait list uh, on some of the classes. Um, so ideally, it would get back to that level again. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but with everything else, obviously post COVID, now we've got the economic problems, um, and unfortunately, that's having an impact, obviously, with uh, not just recruitment but retention as well. So I've had a couple of long-term members where they've kind of says, "Look, you know, we've really enjoyed the gym, we've enjoyed being part of the community, but at this time, they just can't financially justify spending a membership when they're struggling for a little bits and pieces, which you can kind of understand." Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely think that the financial challenges over there in the UK right now are very, very serious, but nothing is worse than being shut down yeah. um, like we were because of COVID and fitness and health is something that everybody is always going to need. It's yes. just yeah. that we need to get people to see the value and spending money on this um, and it's hard. Yeah. So talk to me about what you guys are actively doing to grow that membership. You've got 85 members right now. What are some of the things that you're doing so that people, you know, hear about you? What like people out in the community who might not know that you exist, what are you doing to reach them? Yeah, we did a, a bring a body week. Okay. The other week about two weeks ago. Um, and from that, we had two join the gym. We had about five came. Out of the two that joined, it was a couple that came. Um, and they've joined and then one of the guys it's his brother now he can't he can't commit to a full-time membership so he's going to do like a drop-in um, apart from that I mean we wouldn't have done like the, we've kind of tried away we're doing like the New Year's thing joining bonus and things but we did I did a, a coaches congress thing in Sweden a number of years ago Chris Cooper was there from Two Brain Business mm-hmm. and they kind of like spoke about different things about how he should deal with business and don't give away like free bits and pieces and stuff so uh, yeah i've always kind of tied and deal with that if you're gonna reward anybody with something free it should be a member that's paying rather than trying to get somebody to join for free um and then do it that way so ideally we would like to the social media bits and pieces and then on the back of that uh, a coaches congress from what we did establish was doing a, a, a no sweat intro uh, rather than getting people in to do a free class, because what we'd actually found was, although obviously CrossFit University is scalable and different levels, it, it, uh, one of the workouts we did, it was like burpees and wild balls, two basic movements, but people were leaving it and thought they had to then go and get fit to start CrossFit, so it was actually kind of productive. What we found mm-hmm. is the most went into was far more beneficial work and come in and speak to myself or one of the coaches, say the facilities, we can ascertain what their goals are, what they want to achieve, uh, Obviously, the level of training they've got, if they've got any historic injuries and stuff. So it means when we start the, the one-on-one session, we can actually go straight into the training rather than having to then do the theory be, behind CrossFit and what CrossFit Resplendent is, because that's all we're doing with the North Sweat intro. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like a lot of kind of like referral-based growth, which yeah. in this industry, we love that because we don't really have to spend any money to get referrals. So as long as we have a great service, our members are naturally going to tell their friends anyway. Yeah. So those members already come, those people already come in, they become members really easily because they already have that level of trust built yes, yeah. up. Now, even further than that, because with that, we can't really predict it. There's no way for us to say, Hey, this month, we're going to welcome in five new clients through referrals or buddies. Because there's really no way for us to predict it. I mean, we yeah. would love to be able to say that all of our, our members are going to bring in friends that will convert to a member, but there's no way for us to really know. Um, are you guys utilizing digital platforms such as Facebook, Instagram to get the word out and grow the, the gym that way? 
Yeah, a lot of the stuff we would have used uh, both of them. Um, to be fair, um, uh, a lot of bits and pieces like ad, uh, adverts would would have done some promotions through both, uh, mm. both Facebook and Instagram, and then a bit of uh, we have done some local media stuff in the past. But to be fair, we haven't had that much anything back outside of Facebook and Instagram. Um, obviously, people talk and that. Then we try and get about a bit within the community to go to different competitions and gyms just to get the word of the gym about. And then uh, I think it's one of the things, uh, unless you're looking for a place, you're never going to find it. Mm-hmm. Unless somebody's specifically looking for uh, a gym per se, I don't think they're ever going to find it. Because, I mean, there's not that many gyms in Newton Lines anyway. But we've had people that's, uh, they finally found a gym because be- beside us is a mechanics place beside us. And some of the clients who have had, they've actually been to get the car fixed and serviced. And they've stuck the headings, they've heard the music, but they've never, they've never known we're there, but we've been there for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the hard thing is with a lot of gyms, and I've seen it a lot in a CrossFit world, is like, we're not properly like advertising ourselves. Yeah. So only the people that are looking for us are going to find us. The people that are searching CrossFit gym near me yeah. are the ones that are going to find us, but the other people aren't. Now, something that in 2022 is really working in this industry is utilizing Facebook and Instagram to run digital advertisements. So instead of just posting organically, putting a dollar behind your post and reaching like that target audience in your community. Have you guys ever tried that at all? Uh, yeah, we have done it in the past. Uh, if we were doing like, like an on-ramp or there was a, a specific event, like a charity event, we'll have advertised it that way just to try and obviously drum up some interest in it. Mm-hmm. And so you've done it in the past when you've kind of had like events and things going on. Why is it something that you don't do more frequently? Like, did you feel like you didn't really get a return on that investment? Is that why you don't do it all the time? Or like, what's your reasoning behind that? Um, it was kind of hard to judge at the time. Cause I mean, uh, uh, like I said, uh, uh, a lot of this was, was pre COVID mm-hmm. and then the uncertainty of obviously being open and closed and that. And then we had a couple of circuit breakers where the, like a two week closure, then me open and it was just kind of, uh, then taking a restock and then as people start to come back into the gym we were very keen on uh, on doing retention while and just recruitment all of the time and then trying to obviously get the, the members back into the gym that we had and then looking at further down the line then just doing a bit more recruitment that way so I think that's probably something we want to look at uh, uh, possibly even before the new year um, is just to run a few ads and get people even if uh, even if just to get people there for no sweat intro and then they can have a chat and a look at their facilities rather than, and then doing bits and pieces that way. Mm-hmm. The, th- the thing that I love so much about digital ads when they're done right. And let's be honest here. Like I'm definitely not a advertising expert on Facebook or Instagram. And, and most gym owners aren't like we're mm. fitness people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we're not advertising people, but what I love so much about it is people are spending way too much time on social media. So if we can utilize that to our advantage and just pop up in people's timelines and then they see it and they're like, okay, there's a CrossFit gym. Interesting. And then they see the ad again. Then they're like, okay, maybe I, maybe I should try this. It looks like, you know, it's something that could benefit me. So we're reaching people that that would have never thought to Google CrossFit gym near me. And then they come in and we literally changed their life. So that's why I love, I love that when it's done right. Um, but kind of to move on here, next question for you is like looking at your business right now, Mark, 
what would you consider to be your biggest business related bottleneck or challenge? Like what are like, what's that one thing that kind of keeps you awake at night that you're still trying to figure out when it comes to the operation side of the business? Um, I think at the minute it's probably just to do with the, uh, the, the economic state over here. Um, I would, I would dare say at the minute, uh, uh, it's the uncertainty of it all. Um, but how long is it going to last for? Obviously, different businesses being affected. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the, the, the big thing at the minute would just be retention. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we've got a good product. I mean, obviously, we've been going for ten years. If we hadn't had a decent product, wouldn't have. Uh, I guess it wouldn't have operated as long. Uh, we've got a decent sized facility, decent amount of equipment, good coaches and things. So that side of it is very little we could probably change. Um, Timetable-wise, there's plenty of scope for people to train. Um, 6 a.m. class, there's a 10 a.m. class, there's open gym 11 o'clock a.m., 4 p.m., 5 p.m. is open gym 6 and 7 p.m. classes. So there's, there's plenty of scope there. I don't think we could change that. So I would say the biggest thing that's on our mind at the minute is just the the external economic issue. Um, uh, how long is it going to affect people for? Is it going to be long term in the uh, uh, in the twenty twenty three? Is it going to be a short term thing where we can kind of be then there 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 hopefully by the summer next year we can kind of pick things up on track again. But, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean the economic thing that's really hard because there's there's a lot of variables in that that you really can't control. Yeah. Um, but like I said earlier on, like nothing is worse than having to close. Yeah. So at least, you know, even though the economic uh, state in the, the UK right now is not great, at least your doors are still yes. open. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. So with what you have right now, can you think of any ways to kind of grow within what you have to increase revenue within to put you in a more comfortable spot to bear through this economic crisis? Um, yeah, I don't think so, to be fair. Um, I, I know some places have went down the line of having a rates increase. Um, it's something we wouldn't particularly want to do because um, mm-hmm. about I've had a couple over the past year or so anyway, just because the price of things going up. We've kind of been fortunate with the amount of members we have and the rates we charge. We've been able to afford, obviously, the utilities and bits and pieces and things coming through. So that's something that we wouldn't want to be looking at. Um, so apart from improving recruitment, mm-hmm. um, yeah, 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 I think that would probably be it. Mm-hmm. So when you say improving recruitment, what does that mean to you? Um, like I say, obviously with the the back end of the uh, 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 the back end of the bring a buddy week, we had uh, uh, there've been three hits from that. Um, we haven't really done any ads and promotions for a while. Um, certainly this year, and then obviously previous years we were closing and opening anyway. So that's something that we would look into is maybe doing a bit more advertising, um, not just coming in the area. Uh, but generally, because I haven't done anything for a while, ads like you say on Instagram and Facebook and and things, maybe it's got a media group in and do like a video, a promo video. Cause it's, uh, I mean, that's something we haven't done before. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then do something like that. Those ads, I mean, they work really, really well um, to just like bring in like a steady flow of of clients, right? Yeah. Um, and they don't really, once we get them going, it doesn't cost us a ton of time to get them started. And if we're doing them right, it shouldn't cost us a ton of money. We should be getting a return on our investment. Yeah. Um, so definitely something to kind of think about. Now, last question I have here, and I like to ask this question because I'm definitely a visionary. When it comes to the business, if I were to hand you a magic wand, I said, okay, Mark, all your dreams, all your goals for this business came true. You reached them all. What would that picture look like for you? Could have absolutely anything. There's no limitations here. Yeah, um, I think would ideally. I mean, uh, I think a lot of people see a bigger facility. I think for what we need, the the, the place we'll have is big enough. Um, probably uh, I wouldn't mind get, getting things put in like showers, changing rooms we haven't got at the minute. Uh, I mean, that's something we haven't put in beforehand. Um, and then maybe uh, 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 I'll probably change the machines out because uh, I know the raw machines we've had for a number of years, bits and pieces, things like that. Equipment changing over. Might look like getting a couple of extra coaches in. Mm. Um, and then maybe doing the CrossFit kids, which we've had previously, but would stop. I didn't do it. Uh, 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 another guy did it mm. because we have we have had uh, uh, a number of inquiries before but something that we haven't been able to do and then maybe it's expanding if if the unit we had maybe it's get like another unit and do like a CrossFit kids out of it uh, is in a separate gym mm-hmm. uh, maybe something like that but certainly I mean uh, as a vision of what CrossFit was planning was the community gym getting people fit and healthy I think we're, yeah, I think we're pretty much doing that now so apart from the likes of equipment uh, 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 and obviously getting things like shows and changing rooms and uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I think that would... yeah that would be awesome everybody yeah, everybody be, always yeah. asks like hey do you guys have a shower in your gym we we don't we don't have a yeah. shower but, hey man wouldn't that be so cool if we had we could have a shower um people would love that our members would yeah. love that um okay cool so last but not least here what is the website the instagram where can our listeners go if they want to follow you online yeah it's www.crossfitresplendent.com is the website and then it's crossfit resplendent on both facebook and instagram um, and the normal social media that's Perfect. I'm excited to check it out. Mark, thanks for being here today, for sharing your insight on the industry, telling us about CrossFit Resplendent. And listeners, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like, hit subscribe. If you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description. We will get in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, 
or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton, and joining us on the show is Kirsten out of, hold on, I forgot the name of the gym. I'm so sorry. I need to put it back up there. Let me, so it's Pilates by? Pilates Body by Kirsten. Pilates by, I was about to butcher that. Pilates Body by Kirsten. Yeah, I'm all right, seeing, all right, sorry about that. That's cool. All right, take three. Three, two, one. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton, and joining us on the show is Kirsten from Pilates Body by Kirsten. What's going on, Kirsten? How are we doing today? Good. How are you doing, Emily? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And I'm doing well. Thank you so much for asking. And we're definitely excited to have you on the show but before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you guys have going on, tell us a little bit about how you run your gym and what made you want to start your gym in the first place. Well, I used to be an athlete. I played college tennis. I had a back injury. Um, I ruptured my fourth and fifth lumbar. And, you know, it got better, but it was two years of a lot of work and, and therapy. And it was always there, Maggie. Um, and you know, they were always worried about when you go to have kids, that's an area of your back that is an issue. So what did I do? I went and had four daughters in five years. And that's not the best strategy when you have a low back issue. So carrying all that extra, you know, kid stuff didn't help either. Um, so a girlfriend of mine, I had headed back to the gym trying to get back into shape so that I can make sure that I would be pain free. Um, raising these girls and trying to, you know, get my body back from having the children. Um, she got me a gift card for a Pilates studio that had just opened up and I took a class and fell in love. And I came home and told my husband, I'm like, that was the best workout I've ever had. And it was gentle on my body. Um, I could see where I was weak and how I needed to stretch and strengthen and basically from there, I just said to him, I'm like, I got to help other people. Mm-hmm. And I used to be a school teacher. So teaching, it was just like, you know, another form of it, but teaching yeah. people that wanted to help heal their bodies. Really cool story. Mm-hmm. So off air, we were talking about how you actually started training out of your, was it your garage or your house? It was my living room. my living room that I never used and so I put a studio on my home for my own use and for my daughters as they you know they were all pretty athletic and so I just said you girls need to do Pilates to help not you know get injured in your sports and you know right when the housing market started to crash um, where I was working needed my hours and so I just looked at my husband I said gosh Maybe I just take friends and family out of the house for a while and see see how it works. 
And, you know, it grew into a full-time business. I just thought for fun, a couple days a week, I'll just help people feel better. But as word of mouth got out there, I was working six days a week. Really? Yeah, it was a lot. (laughs) So you transitioned from your living room to a studio space that was how big? The first studio space I went to was 1,200 square feet. And, you know, it was perfect because I was able to have two studios. Um, So that allowed me to have another instructor teach at the same time that I was teaching. And we just pull a curtain. Um, each, Each studio housed four clients at a time. And then I had enough space to put a massage room in. Um, and as that took off, people would come in, take an hour Pilates class, their bodies were warmed up, ready for a massage after class. And as that started to take off, I thought, gosh, we could just make a one-stop shop. This would be great. You know, like get the beauty end of this in there. So, uh, from there I grew across the street to a space that was 4,200 square feet on the first floor. And then I also put a lower level 1,200 square feet in for a large group class section. So the lower level housed um, hot yoga with infrared heat. It also had aerial yoga. We had the Bodhi systems, which is like that tough TRX on steroids with another two ropes that would break off. And we'd have um, meditation classes and then we also would do like worship work up, um, workshops down there too. And then the upstairs had retail. So I teamed up with Aveda and I opened up an Aveda spa in the back. So I had three rooms. Um, I had an esthetician room and two massage rooms. And then I, in the front, sold Aveda. So I sold all their body care products and their shampoos. And then I also had yoga and loungewear up there that I sold. And then I still maintained the two Pilates studios, but I changed it up a bit in the larger location. So I kept all the Pilates equipment, um, the six different apparatuses. Um, So when people came in, they could choose what apparatus they wanted in that studio. And everybody was doing a different workout. It was not a circuit. So like if you chose Reformer that day, you were on reformer and the next day that you came in or the next time you came in, you would switch to a different apparatus. The second studio, you know, Pilates has been changing over the years as the gym has um, taken it on and everybody does the same workout. So if you're coming in, all four people were on reformer or table or chair. And it was up to the instructor to decide your workout for that day. And some people like that, um, because they like to look at somebody do the same thing. So they felt more confident. And then some people like to come in and make sure that their workout was tailored to their body and what they need. So they had a choice. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta give people options sometimes, you know? Yeah. So with that being said, um, for the people and, you know, maybe other Pilates, Pilates, people that just may not know about Pilates in general, is this a place where a client could be like, can you help me lose 20 to 30 pounds? Um, do you guys offer services that just kind of help people with their overall general fitness? Absolutely. So, you know, it's not, it's not just about the weight loss either. It, sometimes it's the way we carry ourselves. So, you know, if our body isn't, if the bones are located in the right position, 
our muscles determine where those bones are. And if our, if our posture is forward and our tail is out, we're gonna build our muscle that way. So you could work all day long and say, you know, I'm just not seeing the results. What we have to do is take your body where it is today and then slowly stretch and strengthen it into the right position. I think my favorite analogy I always like to use with clients is um, we bring our cars in to get, you know, fixed. So, or even to maintenance them. So they put them on that rack, they balance out the tires, they rotate the tires, they check the brake pads. That's what we do in Pilates. So you take gravity off the body, you lay down and we're rebalancing the spine and your limbs. We want to wear the bones out properly. And so if they're not located in the right spot, then we're going to wear them out wrong. And that's when hip replacement, knee replacement, um, shoulder replacement is huge nowadays. Um, so that's when people need to spend more time fixing themselves. But what I find is the weight comes off because they're balancing their butt. That's my point to it, is that when you get those bones in the right spot and now you're adding your workout and then daily life, you take what you learn in Pilates and you change it and you implement it into the real world, your body starts strengthening and losing weight because you're wearing it properly now. Hmm. That's an interesting way to put that. It also sounds like you guys have that preventative aspect in there as well. Absolutely. Right. So let's talk a little bit about how you guys are getting people in the door. So marketing, um, how are you finding your new clients? Well, word of mouth has always been my number one. You know, and when, when people are happy, they keep referring you because they want to see you stay successful so that they have their favorite place to come. Because it becomes a way of life. Um, it's not just a fad. It, people who've been doing... Well, since I've been teaching, I've had the same people for 20 years and I've watched them age and they, I mean, they're gorgeous, number one, because they've been maintaining um, their bodies and their mind and their spirit. And they're just, they chase those grandkids around. My mom is one of them. She's 80 and she chases around my sister's kids and no problem. I always tell her, I'm like, mom, you cannot be diving after ping pong balls. You're going to get hurt. <laughs> But it is, it, it's one of those things that it, it, the, the clients keep referring because they feel so good as they age. I have done Instagram. That's probably my number one right now. Mm -hmm. And it is linked to my Facebook. So whatever you post on Instagram automatically goes to Facebook. Mm -hmm. And it's important to do five to seven stories a day and post as much as you can because you keep coming up in the newsfeed. It's almost like you're nagging your your client, they can choose to click on your story or not. But what I find is people, you know, are always like, well, I don't like doing those silly videos and things like that. Well, I don't either. So um, I, it doesn't have to be something silly. It can just yeah. be a positive quote. So but still bring the, the content that you're posting now, um, a lot of people are doing those, to your point, those silly videos on TikTok and Instagram. What type of content are you posting and how is that leading to you know clients that may engage with you on social media into somebody that's coming in to purchase a membership so it I'm I'm all about the positivity and about doing posts about you know I don't care where you're at I don't care what size you are just get here 
And um, I have a great social media person that helps me a lot with that. And all my instructors have a number. So if they're taking a video in class and they'll send it on to her and they will say, you know, hey, I just had this great class. Could you promote me um, for my next one that will be on Monday night at 7 p.m.? So she's always, get, always getting creative um, and we take team. I'm not against the silly videos. I'm just not always comfortable doing them myself, <laughs> but my staff will do them and they yeah. will tag me and I will post. But it is important to get that out there five to seven um, stories a day. And a lot of people come in and have said, hey, I saw your story. And that last quote you sent out, I needed to hear that. So thank, thank you. And I find that interesting because I think when we're really good listeners to our clients and we get to know them, mm-hmm. they, you know, you know what they need to hear, you know, and everybody goes through a tough time and we become such a family. Yeah. So, um, and you can see who's watching. I mean, it's not like you can't click in and see, mm-hmm. but I would say that's probably me majority of my advertising gotcha gotcha okay so have you thought about looking into any other sources of marketing like paid advertisement me on facebook on instagram anything like that i have and i've done a few um a few boosts on social media um and i would say i i haven't seen much of a turnout for that um you do get a lot of extra followers from it so that's good you know, so you know that they're interested. It's just convincing them to come and try. And I sometimes think like COVID, you know, there, there's still a fear for people um, to come out and, and be around people or an uncomfortable, like they're, they're not comfortable with how they look right now. And I probably, I think that's been my biggest outreach from people is they'll send me a long story, a, a, an email um, and just say, hey, I want to start Pilates, but I'm so embarrassed I put out 30 pounds over COVID. And, yeah. you know, so did everybody else. You know, I don't care what you look like. You got to get started, though, or else That's it's just worse, you know. So come on in and let's, you know, let's get you going. And most people, once they get in and they see that it's a safe environment, they're okay. Gotcha. Okay. So tell us a little bit about, like, what that client journey looks like. Because I, I know that you guys have, like, a lot of services for people to choose from. So let's say I'm coming in interested in like Pilates or yoga. Do you have packages that offer both or do I have to pick between, you know, one or the other? Um, yeah. So I offer dropping classes so they can pay for a single class for either one. The lower level is cheaper because it is a large group class. It's not, and it doesn't involve the equipment. So the wear and tear. Uh, And then I offer a 10 pack for each level. Mm -hmm. And the reason I still do the 10 pack is they have a year to use it, but a lot of people are coming and going, you know, Um, my snowbirds are are heading down South now. So uh, after the holiday, I will, I won't see them probably till March uh, again. So now they have this card and they don't have this, um, the monthly fee that they would have typically. And so it doesn't, you know, they'll come back and then they just use it on all up. And that works the best for my business at this point in time. That's interesting. So it's like you buy like I guess one class or you offer like packs of 10. So if I were to come in like a purchase, a pack of 10 and I wanted to renew, is that something that it will automatically do that? Or would I have to go in and like manually do that myself? 
Um, you have a choice. So when you go on our Vagaro app, it allows you to say, do you want to constantly renew it once it, you know, once you get to your 10, it would give you another 10. So that's just how, whatever your preference is. Some yeah. people don't like to pay on the app. So they come to the studio and they purchase their card before or after the class. And then it go, I put it on the account for them. Okay. So I know that you said earlier that this way of packaging is kind of what's working for your business right now. Like, have you thought about, you know, changing the way that you are structuring the memberships? Absolutely. Okay. Thought a lot, of, a lot about it, especially for the lower level, because it would really be nice for people just to put, purchase a monthly pass and come as many times and unlimited. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm hoping as I have two new instructors starting in January in my lower level. So that will allow me to offer a lot more classes and different type of challenging classes. So that for them to um, you know have more options and so yeah I'm definitely thinking about doing that in the new year okay so what um, type of other classes do you want to add on so we have not added back our BOSU and so we want to get that back on there and a melting class which is like a fascia releasing stretching class and a meditation class so I just really feel like everybody kind of needs to let go of the past and go today forward. And especially now with the holidays, the hustle and bustle, almost taking that deep breath in January and being like, okay, this year's about me and I'm going to make some changes. Yeah, absolutely. So as we come to a good place to end the podcast soon, let's talk a little bit about the challenges that you faced and, you know, the vision that you have for yourself and your studio. Um, is there anything in particular that you guys are working to overcome and how are you, are you going about, you know, getting ahead of the challenge? Great question. You know, I, I always tell people when they ask me, you know, about my business, I'm like, well, I was this, you know, I had 27 employees before COVID. And when it hit, it, it, it was hard. It was hard. And now I'm back to my roots and I'm able to focus in on what makes me happy and still succeeding. And a couple changes that I did um, with my employees was I made them all contractors, independent contractors. And that cut my accounting bill in, in more than half because she wasn't doing the hours it needed to be to take the taxes out and to submit and do all that. She, it was just all about me. And I know at the time my employees were like, ugh. And I'm like, you know what? I think this is gonna be good. Just hear me out. And they all have thanked me and come back and said, thank you for doing this because they have created their own businesses. So they're not just teaching at my studio, but they also go to other studios. So now what I provide is a safe environment and a clean environment and a beautiful environment for them to come in and teach. And then they also have followings that come in with them okay. and they get tax benefits of being a business owner. You know, they have that extra protection. They have insurance. My insurance went down when they became independent contractors. So a lot of things happen um, in a positive way, not only for them, but for myself because of COVID and had to be like, all right, how, how can we manage 4,200 square feet is a lot to rent out. Yeah. And when you're not working for two and a half months, you had to get creative. Yeah. 
absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about the vision that you have for Pilates Body by Kirsten. Let's say I was a genie and I gave you three wishes. How would you want your business to look from the inside out? Like, you know, classes, memberships, how would you want things to be running? Well, everything full for sure. So what I would see is, I would love to see both studios back up and running. So right now I'm still running as one large studio. So that would mean getting more instructors back in the door so that we can offer the two studios, the, the Medi Spa full. So people come in, they take a class, they go get a facial. The lower level is operating too at the same time that all of this is going on. So it, it's, it'll be really nice to get it back up to um, that capacity again. And I do think it will happen. Yeah. I do think it will happen. But if you gave me three wishes, the one would be to get the people back, get the instructors back. And, you know, I have remodeled the front. We have one more phase and one more thing to finish. And then I'll, my website will be updated with that. But we have a selfie wall. We, New Image has their desk. I have my Pilates body desk. We both have our signs. Um, so, you know, I, I like where it's going now and I see some good things coming in the future. Yes, very well said. So Kirsten, this is a really good place to wrap things up on this episode, but before we sign out, tell our listeners where they can find you. You can find me at Pilates Body by Kirsten in Crystal Lake, Illinois. And I'm located in the heart of our downtown area. So when you come, it's not just come for Pilates. You can also stop and grab a Starbucks, go shopping, go grab lunch. We've got some yummy restaurants down there. So yeah, would love for you to stop by and say hi or come take a class. (laughs) We really appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast and really looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to be able to accomplish down the road. So to everybody who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lawrence out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.